Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Andrew Aguilar. Good. All right, let's pray. You ready? I'm ready to pray. I think that'll stay. You like my sound effects? Sorry, I'm full of them. All right, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. We know that you're already here, but we just, uh, we thank you for your increase. God, where two or more are gathered, you're there in, in our midst. So we acknowledge you. God, we we submit to your guidance, our hearts, God, even though we we hunger (laughs) for reason, God, we understand that not everything makes sense all the time, so we choose to trust you. So, Lord, I just ask that you would guide my words, that they would be planted in good soil. Father, that I would reflect you rightly. Help me be like Jesus. Holy Spirit, I submit to you. Lead me and guide me. Help me honor the Father. And I just ask that today mindsets would be changed. God, that the places in our lives, because we're not perfect, those imperfections in our life, God, that they would be straightened out. God, that you would help us have clarity in our character and that we would all reflect Jesus. We desire to be connected to you. We desire to present you well and to live life fully in love with our Heavenly Father. We're here for you, God. We're not here for ourselves. We're here because we long to to grow. We long to be connected. God, we know you're faithful. You've been faithful in the past. You're faithful today, and you'll be faithful tomorrow. So I ask that you give us strength to stay in the game. Gird up our legs, God, so we could walk in faith and trust you and have a lot of fun along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Well, I have, uh, I have a continuation of the table talk. You remember? Uh, I think it was like a month ago I was up here and I shared a message that was on my heart that the Lord's been just brewing in my spirit. Brewing reminds me of coffee. I love coffee. If you like coffee, give me an amen. You also brew tea on my tea lovers. Amen. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tea's great. Tea is all very tasty. Um, but he's been brewing this in my spirit, and uh, I felt like the Lord gave me 
two more parts. I'll share the second part today, and I'll share the third part next week. Um, Pastor Greg and Wendy are in the Philippines, tearing it up. As I said before, follow them, follow them on social media. They've been doing actually a really good job at posting pictures and saying what they're doing and stuff like that. It's cool because you get a chance to just bless them and pray for them along their way. You like stay updated. It's like the beauty of technology is we can literally be connected on the other side of the world to our brothers and sisters. And the, the other side of that, like we have a great uh, opportunity to be connected in, through blessing. You know what I'm saying? Our prayers matter when we contend and we shift the heavens. Did you know that? The atmosphere is affected by your words. You're a child of the living God. So that means that you're important. You're not just walking around without worth. You're full of value because he's chosen you. So um, last time I was up here talking, it was definitely not last week. Uh, Pastor Wendy was up last week, which was awesome, sharing about worship. I love worship. I could worship just like that for the whole service and then go home. But <laughs> that's just me. And uh, so, and you, I know, you're my sister. So um, the, uh, the Lord's been putting this on my heart. And if you remember the first message that I shared, if you haven't, it's on YouTube. We got a YouTube channel, guys. Go watch it. Uh, and then you could just get updated. If you haven't, don't worry. This will totally make sense. I'll give you a little recap. God sent his son, Jesus, not only to get you into heaven. He got you, he gave us Jesus so that we can be connected to him. He restored to us our birthright, which was a son or to be a son or a daughter of the living king and have his inheritance to be able to partake in who we were actually created to be. When he saw Adam, when he created Adam, he didn't create him as a slave, he created him as a son. I think it's uh, Luke 1, 37. I think that's where that is. And he looks into his eyes and said, I love you, my son. Whew, Adam is a son of God. Where did we all come from? The line of Adam. I mean, like, he's the first human, him and Eve, right? Like, Go all the way back, and we're all connected. So through all this, Jesus came, died on the cross, and now he says, you have a place at my Father's table. You are to be connected with me every single day, and it's only through Jesus. So now we're at the table. If you follow Jesus, give me an amen. amen. All right? Got a lot of family in the room. There's many things that happen at the table. I don't know about your table, but at my table at home, my kids sometimes get super tempted to climb up on the table and like dance around. And while we're trying to eat dinner, it gets crazy. But if that's how your table is at home, blessings, peace to you grace on your life. He's definitely given us some grace uh, because we're just like, oh, sit down, please. Sit down. <laughs> you just want to like karate chop and go, what's up? Get down. You know, like make him, oh, he got slain in the spirit. He's just out for a little while. No, we don't do that. I'm just kidding. We, 
we, just, we're, we try to practice uh, all the fruits of the Spirit. They're actually written on the walls uh, in paintings uh, by our dining room table, which is kind of funny. It's a good reminder, right? So we just uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You look at the wall and you're like convicted. You're like, oh, I need to practice. <laughs> so we do our best. We're not perfect, right? Jesus is the only one who is ever perfect. But he's provided us a way to, do, to have access to the table to where we can actually grow. So now, here on earth, everything you do does matter. Just because we're not perfect doesn't mean the things we do don't matter. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking about some greasy grace where you can do whatever you want and then expect to have good results at the end of it. That's not how it works. That'll be like the second half of my message, so I was almost going to go there, but I want to I hit this first. We're at the table, sonship. Part of sonship, which is, I fear that something in America that we really are lacking is having an understanding of an inheritance. Yeah. I grew up uh, in a beautiful house, like our, our house is amazing, and I've had a great life, but I've literally seen my father's job ripped away from him. I mean, we, we were in a recession, right? I mean, we went to war and all these things happened. And I know so many people that were affected by even losing their house. The enemy's plan is to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to rip us apart. How does he do it? Family. He tries to destroy our family. That's why Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. See the relation? Like, we're the same. So today, part about one side of sonship, a huge major part is stewardship. Being a steward to what you've been given. Some of us have received inheritance in the natural. But your heavenly father, as you're sitting at the table, communing with him is actually kicking you down some goods. <laughs> but there's this scripture. I think it's Luke 10, 16. I think that's what it is. I've got it written down. I'll, I'll look it up. Let's be accurate, right? We want to be as accurate as possible. Luke 16.10. Backwards. Here we go. You guys ready? Who brought your Bibles? Come on now. Don't hold up that iPhone. This is a Bible. That is an iPhone. I say it every time. That dies. This doesn't. <laughs> This has a good smell. I could, anyways. I am zealous about this right here. People in other countries can't even get one of these. It's not like a limited edition because of the type that it is. It's limited because it's actually impossible to get one. Another message. So Luke 16, 10. 
one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in very much. I don't care what your bank account looks like. Your heavenly father does. But me, I'm not talking about your bank account. Not only your bank account. This is life. There are times when we can cut corners. In life. I, was a, I was a carpenter uh, right out of high school. There's, it's really bothering me. There's just a paper clip. Don't worry. It's super random. I was a carpenter right out of high school. <clears throat> trying to be like Jesus as much as I can. Um, <laughs> and um, I went to trade school, learned all these things, and I cannot tell you how many times I had the opportunity to cut corners. I know that most of us are in the workforce. I can almost guarantee that every single day you have an opportunity to cut a corner, to do your job What's the proper word? Not fully to what it should be. Whether it's your attitude, whether it's uh, the actual quality of work, we are filled with temptation every day to go, eh, what's, what's an eighth of an inch? One beautiful thing about a carpentry that you learn through experiences, you'll take an eighth of an inch here and an eighth of an inch there and maybe just even a sixteenth here. But by the time you get to the destination, you're a whole foot short. And you go, well, I got to start all over. The beauty about our Heavenly Father is that because we're children, when we put our inheritance on the line and we leave it and we spend it and we find ourselves in a pig pen, his promise is, I'll never leave you or forsake you. When we return to him, he says, you're not going to just stay down there and try to get your way back up. He goes, no, you're my son. You will always be my son. This is your inheritance, no matter what you've done. This is where you belong. You put yourself there. You got to make the choice to either follow me and be my son or live here. It's not an in-between. It's not like you have to, oh, man, I, I, I got to level back up again, all my video game friends. Like, it, it's just, No. Is there consequences to your actions? Absolutely. And in this life, we do face those. If you commit a crime, you do pay the price for the crime. I'm talking about morally and in your spirit because there can be a prisoner in prison that can be changed by the grace of God. They can repent and get their inheritance back despite their condition that is possible 
Um, are you changing the world? There's a, a book, I, I think it's called, and it's written by, you, I'm sure some of you guys have heard of it. It's written by a Navy SEAL. And he says, if you want to change the world, start with making your bed. You guys ever heard of that? I'm sure he gave like an inspirational speech and stuff out of college. Now he wrote a book and now this dude's amazing. When you're faithful with little, you'll be entrusted with much. I have a good friend who, uh, actually I actually have a couple good friends that were Marines. And, uh, but this one friend in particular I was having a conversation with, he said, you know, like, I had my gun in boot camp for six months, or for six, six months, that'd be long, for six weeks before I even fired a shot. He's like, but they made me pull the trigger over and over and over again. They made me lay in the dirt, facing down range, and I had to pull the trigger with no bullets in it. He's like, but I just wanted to shoot. Like, that, I, I joined the Marines. I wanted, I wanted to be a soldier and, and know how to shoot and learn all these things. I was thinking about that when I was preparing this message. Our Heavenly Father is so kind that he leads us in lessons that when challenges arise, he's actually, he cares so much more about our character than our ability. So he'll make us lay in the dirt, looking downrange with nothing ever happening, but we're faithfully pulling the trigger. Till one day, they receive some ammunition. And now he, he knows what to do. He knows what position to get in. Without any optic, with iron sights, that means like, I'm looking like this, like over the rail, just metal, no sight. They have to hit 500 yards, right? Yards, meters, yards, yards. 500 yards. Five football fields takes practice. And if you don't do it, if you cannot qualify, you have to do your training again, 13 months later. But they have a formula. For six weeks, you got to do this. We go, God, I just want to preach. I just want to see souls saved. He's like, well, I gave you family. How, you, how are you, are you being faithful with your family? Are you being faithful with your wife? I know you want to see souls saved, son, but you haven't even been laying in the dirt. You haven't been faithful with what I've given you. What has he given you? For the most part, we all have beds. Are you faithful with your bed? Are you faithful with... If you want to see change in your life, the littlest things, are you faithful with them? Because I, what, I'm going to try to quote this Navy SEAL, but this dude is amazing. He said, if you, make, you get up, you make your bed in the morning, and you face the world, the challenges, and then you fail, it's okay because you come back home and your bed's made. Something you did was actually complete. You had victory there. It's those little victories that count for the long run.
Jesus, you're good. Um, a que- I work with youth. I'm the youth pastor here. One question that I get all the time with, uh, with kids is like, how do you, how do you sustain it? Like, wh- what's the key to sustaining your walk with Jesus? And uh, the best answer that I have is... <laughs> it's kind of like Pastor Greg's read the Bible and do what it says. It's absolutely true. For me, I, I just say, take it literally. Take the Bible literally. When you read those words, take it literally. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious. How many of you guys like direction? How many of you guys like confusion? Okay, if you like confusion, the Bible is not for you. But if you like clarity and direction, read the word. That's the importance of actually having it with you. So I'm like, bring it. If you like direction, read it. Don't be anxious. I get it. The pain is real. Absolutely. We all have anxiety in some certain way. I'm not saying that just don't be anxious and blah, blah. But there comes a time when you just got to gird up some guts and grab life because life isn't fair. It sucks at times, but there's also so many victories. The greatest soldiers are the ones that are the bravest. Second Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I don't know who I am. I'm so emotional all the time. I'm just an INTJ. This is just the way I am. I'm an introvert. I don't know how to be extroverted. I don't know how to witness. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Um, <clears throat> take the Bible for what it says. What it, what it is there. That's, that's strength. That's fuel for pushing on. The next thing I want to talk about, which... Um, I don't know, I don't think we hear it very much, uh, is living holy. We don't hear it enough. God's plan is actually for us to not sin. I get it. I've said it already. We are imperfect. We do mess up. But if God tells us to forgive he's absolutely going to forgive us. But his plan, 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. God has not called us for impurity, but for holiness. It's right there. I feel like the word holiness has got such a bad reputation because 
I've been there when I'm talking to somebody and they just, oh, you're so holy. Holy does not mean perfect. Holy is the process of sanctification, of being fully dedicated to Jesus. That is holiness. So we are holy because he is holy. We're supposed to pursue life and and face obstacles from a mindset not of, well, if I mess up, he'll just forgive me. But no, with fear and trembling because we want to do the right thing. Because we know who we are as child, as a child of God, sitting at the table. Guys, we need fear of the Lord. We need to have the proper fear in our life so that we will have boldness when times get hard. Jesus. Father, I ask that you would help us. I ask that you would help us have an understanding of what it's like to live right. God, we're filled with constant things daily because of what we see that are not of you. So God, I ask for uh, your Holy Spirit to just lead us in loving kindness and conviction. Amen. See, that's the difference between the Holy Spirit and the devil. The devil brings condemnation. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. Condemnation tells you you're garbage. Conviction tells you you're so much more worth than whatever you're doing. Condemnation has no no light at the end of the tunnel. Conviction says, no, there's promises for you that are greater than you could ever imagine. I don't, my desire is not to just sit and encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take action in your life. Because what you do now, here, matters. We got, yes, we have, we will pray and we will see miracles. Yes. Yes, there's nothing that's impossible for God. But I I want you to, I want to experience God when I am out of this life looking face to face with him and he goes, man, when people called you religious, I see your heart, you were just trying the hardest you could. It's just because you were chasing after me. I think he would say that rather than me going, Ah, that's just religious. There's nothing wrong with this. 
Do you see the contrast? There's cer- certain things that we do. Yeah, they don't define us. Define us. Sure, they might not affect you. But when you steward the little things, your language, what you see and what you give your time to, how you talk with your wife, how do you talk to your kids, how you work at your job, when you steward it rightly because you're doing it unto the Lord, he sees the effort. When we actually just try without being afraid of being religious or legalistic, Because we desire to do what it says in the word, to be holy. And I, even if, guys, we, have, we don't have all understanding. But we at least need to try. We at least need to try to do the right thing. And it's not out of a work. It's not because you're striving to please God. No, it's because you know that what you're doing has eternal value. You know that what you're doing echoes for eternity and actually sets up your children and generations behind you for victory. Because when you decided to stay pure in your relationship with your wife, you broke the curse over your family. And you said, no, I'm not giving up just because times are hard. Sometimes I'm like, do, do people think that Jesus just wanted to die on the cross? He's like, I'm, I'll do it. Yep, here we go. I'm super happy about it. No, he was not happy about it. Till the very end, he's like, God, Father, if you could take this cup from me. And we have a hard time going. It's just a rated R movie. Eh. It's just, I don't really listen to the lyrics. The question that I have is, uh, do you really believe that God has something better for you? You've tasted the world. You've seen the outcome. But do you really believe that when God says this, live holy, Do you really believe he's saying that because he has you in his best interest? Because there's some things that will stop me because it's just easier. It's just easier not to make my bed in the morning. It's just easier to not have to do that certain process in my work. It takes more time. I'm under pressure. 
One thing um, that I learned in carpentry is, so I wasn't a contractor. I worked for a subcontractor. And there would be times when I was on a job. Everything is all crunched for time. Everything. Everything you do. Anytime the, job, the boss gets on the job, hurry up, what's taking so long? Hurry up. They're driving you. They're like, whoosh, whoosh, cracking the whip. And you're going as fast as you can. But I did finish work, so you got to keep the quality. Quality is so important. There would be people who would cut corners to save time so that their hours would come in right for the job. They don't want to be over hours because when you bid a job, it take, they're saying, it takes this many hours. So they would race till the clock is done, cutting corners so that they could get there. So their, their job would bring in the most revenue and it would look eh, decent, but it did the job. I could say 98.9% of the time, that person, when the job was over, would be back on that job fixing the problems that they messed up. That they chose, those corners that they chose to cut, came back and nipped them in the butt, or came back and nipped them in the rear. It's the same thing with our salvation, with our process of sanctification. But the kindness of God is so good that just like in boot camp, if you didn't qualify, he'll just let you try it again. And that's where people get frustrated. I'm stuck. Why can I not get past it? Why does this keep happening? Why do we keep fighting? Why is my marriage falling apart? Why am I in this financial place again? Did you ever think that it's the kindness of the Lord that's bringing the test back around? Because he cares about your character. He wants you to see what he's seeing. So that you can take that bull by the horns. With the strength of Jesus. Because you know his promises. And when you're in a, in a conflict with your wife. Come on. Don't act like... That does not happen. When you're in a conflict at your work, that instead of fighting you, I know who I am. I got to look back at that wall. Am I reflecting the fruit that I'm called to, to bear? And it's a process. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. Because he will never leave us hanging. He desires us to learn because we're his kids. If I told Samuel we're going over some math problems and he keeps saying two plus two is five, I'm not going to go, you'll never get it. 
I feel like some people think that that's how the Heavenly Father is. He is not cruel. You know what he would do? He would get the toys out. And he'd say, look, how many is that? How many is this? How many is that? How many is this? Let's put these two together. What's that make? Put these two together. What's that make? Let's put them all together. What's that make? He's gentle. He leads us gently with his Holy Spirit. He doesn't look you in your face and spew hateful language because he cares and he's good. And his loving kindness is what changes our thinking. So in your pursuit of sanctification, we need to walk in love with one another because it's true, there are people in other places that you're not in, and that's okay. But when you recognize these signs in other people, it means that you're to come in with love, and only love. And if you've experienced the love of the Father, you understand how he teaches you understand that he's not forcefully shoving his teaching down your throat. But he leads with arms open and a smile on his face. And when there's tears, he has tears. And when, he is, when you're full of joy, he's full of joy. And that's how we lead one another. Did you know that God himself said that he wasn't enough for Adam? I want you to realize the importance of community, of family that we have with one another. We cannot save one another, but we can help one another. The Heavenly Father realized that Adam could not follow Jesus only on his own. There's this lie that's in, in the body of Christ that comes in and it's a, wears a mask of pride that says, I can do this on my own. I got this. All I need is me and Jesus. But when the father created Adam, he's looked at Adam and said, it's not good that you're alone. You need a helper. People... We are one another's helper. And we help with love. We don't help with hate, condemnation. We don't tear one another apart. We hold the line of holiness, of truth, but in love. So, with Jesus, all things are possible. We're to live holy, and we also must live in God's promises.
Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. See, but the thing is, this is all from his word. But if you're not sitting at the table with him, you'll never hear it. We talk about the promises of God and we want to do what's right. But if we're away from his table, we will not discover his promises. If we're doing life on our own, we will not discover his promises. It's his covering. Sonship is his covering on your life. It is not a position that you can be fired from. It is not something that you can lose because that's a promise. It is something that you can deny. My prayer is that you would take, a, take hold of the promises of God and that you would be so rooted in an intimate connection with him that whenever anything would try to pull you apart from the table where you receive your fill from, that you would cut it quickly and you would run back to the chair and you would sit and gaze in your heavenly father's eyes so that you can receive the strength, the courage, the knowledge, the wisdom and understanding that only he can give. Next week, I want to talk about the will of the Father for, for us in our life. I want to go there now, but we'll, we'll wait till next week. But I want to end here with some prayer. I believe that the Holy Spirit's good. And that he's sweet. And I believe that you know him. I believe that you've experienced him before. I believe that you understand his leading and his guidance. And that he doesn't condemn you. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to search you. And to know you. And to reveal to you any way that is not aligned with your Heavenly Father's call on your life. It might be the amount of time you're spending at your job instead of with your family. 
It might be the way you've talked to your husband or your wife. It might be some unforgiveness to someone that you love or someone that you really don't feel like you can love. Holy Spirit, search us. We desire to walk in wholeness with you. We don't want to function in our flesh, but we desire to experience you in all of your goodness. At times, it seems like we're spinning our wheels and these things keep on happening over and over again, like life is just not getting better. But what's the lesson? What do you want us to learn? What do you want us to experience? Because we're listening. We realize that we're not perfect, but we also realize that you are helping us every way. I believe that the Lord has given you guys some, some meat to chew in your heart. Some situations or obstacles are coming up. I encourage you to lay those at the feet of Jesus. And it's his promise says, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. I'm going to just close in prayer. And we're going to have the ministry team up here. If you guys need prayer with anything, they're here for you. I just want to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we realize that we're not living just for today, but we're living for eternity. The things that we do matter. In this life, they matter. And in the next life, they matter. But we live in a world that seems confusing, that seems like it's filled with chaos. But because of you, Holy Spirit, we know how to navigate so we submit to your will. We submit to your guidance. And because of you, Heavenly Father, and the love that you've lavished on our lives, we can now love those who persecute us. And we can love our enemy. And Jesus, because of the life that you displayed and you came out in victory, we can walk victoriously. So we say yes again. We say yes to forgiving our enemies. We say yes to living a life of holiness. We turn, God, to you for every situation.
You are our source. We declare that in the name of Jesus, that you are the source for our life. Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Love you We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening. Oh,